This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The angel who announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Or as another rendering has it, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. The emphasis was on joy, a joy that would fill the hearts of all people. The Christmas season is truly a time for joy. The song says, tis the season to be jolly. And it's a season for beautiful music, beautiful pictures, magazines, books, cards, have scenes of snow, cozy dens, aromatic kitchens, warm fireplaces, children and parents gathered around in loving togetherness. Nostalgia plays a big part in all of this as we're invited to look back and to remember the good old days when everybody seemed carefree and happy. Some may remember a snow-covered woodpile with dad hauling home a Christmas tree. Some may remember grandma taking star-shaped cookies from the oven while the turkey is waiting to be carved by granddad. Some may remember trudging to church through the snow and the bitter cold and then feeling the inviting warmth inside and the friendly conversation. Many others, especially those who have lived all their lives in warmer climates, may not have memories like these, but there are some memories at Christmas time that are cherished. Christmas is a time of remembering, a time of joy. This is the way we like things to be. But then all of a sudden, pow, the balloon is punctured. That's not the way things are at all for many people. Christmas is the most depressing time of the year for many. Psychologists, ministers, counselors, doctors, those in related professions can testify to that fact. For several years now, I've noticed that there seems to be a trend of more people who come to me with real burdens at this time than at any other time of the year. These are not people who are out there living a life of open sin. Even for devoted Christians, more and more are feeling that Christmas can be a time of anxiety. Psychologists call Christmas the holiday paradox. There's an increase of suicides after the holidays when people return to their normal routines and realize that nothing much has changed. But the seedbed for suicide and depression is the holiday season itself. Christmas is supposed to be one of the happiest times of the year, but in reality, it has become the most depressing for many people. To add to the feeling of gloom, there are those who are bombarded during the pre-Christmas days with Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. But they say to themselves, well, I don't feel merry or happy like everybody else seems to feel. What's wrong with me? Why can't I seem to get the Christmas spirit this year? Must be something terribly wrong with me. I must be some kind of a freak. And so to add to an already heavy depression, there are feelings of guilt which come flooding in. Good tidings of great joy? Oh, not for me, so many would have to admit. We know that Jesus came to earth to bring peace and joy, but why are these things so difficult to find? 
The Bible does teach that Jesus can give us power to defeat depression and anxiety, but where do we begin? How can we be the victor instead of the victim? If everyone here this morning could give an honest testimony about our feelings, we'd probably all be surprised at the great number who would have to confess unhappiness and defeat. Many people would probably point out that their feelings of depression are caused by the circumstances that they're in. Some of you here today may be thinking at this very moment, if everybody were in my circumstances, they'd be unhappy and defeated too. You see your circumstances as the cause of your anxiety and depression. Some might say, if you had been rejected by the one you love, as I have been rejected, you'd be depressed too. Somebody else may say, if your children had disappointed you, as mine have disappointed me, you'd know what true depression is. Or, if you had to live and work in my surroundings, you would understand my feelings of depression. Or, people don't know how to appreciate good health until it's gone. My physical condition never gives me a moment of ease or peace or joy. It's always pain. Or, since I lost my spouse or that dear member of my family, I don't really know what happiness is all about anymore. We could go on for hours talking about what we consider to be genuine circumstances that justify our anxieties and our depression. During World War II, a curious test was administered to candidates for the United States Office of Strategic Services. Each candidate was told to build a simple frame structure out of notched sticks, <coughs> and he had to use two helpers who had been instructed to obey his orders. This was really a test of patience because those two helpers, who was named Buster and Kippy, had been told privately to obstruct the work in every way they could without disobeying direct commands from the one trying to put the structure together. Most candidates tried their very level best, but Buster and Kippy had an outrageous bag of tricks, and somehow the framework never did get put together right. Most of the candidates lost their tempers or sat down on the job or dismissed the helpers, and those who did any of these things failed the test. Have you ever felt that somehow Buster and Kippy must have gotten hold of Christmas too? Take this present Christmas season. You know what we would like to do. It just doesn't seem to be enough time, and things keep happening to upset our plans. We become impatient. The sticks won't fit together. It's no wonder we feel like copping out. It's getting to us. We're overwhelmed with defeat. We can't cope with it. What is it? We have the Christmas blahs. Well, it's one thing to diagnose our troubles, but it's another thing to find our way out of them. Toyohiko Kagawa, a great Japanese Christian, used to say of the Marxists, they have a good pathology, but they have no therapy. Just talking about the Christmas blahs doesn't solve our problem. So what can we do? All right. Let's go back to the child in the manger. Listen to the words of the angel to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then listen to what Luke says after the birth of Christ. 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Today on this third Sunday in Advent, is there a lesson that we can learn from the shepherd's example? One that can help us out of the Christmas blahs? I think so. The shepherds returned to their fields glorifying and praising God. Their simple humdrum life had been suddenly transformed by glory. And although their immediate reaction was to praise and glorify God, their long-term reaction would be to tell and retell their personal stories around campfires for years to come. I believe those shepherds never stopped telling the story until their dying days. When the shepherds returned, I'm sure the skies were blank. The road under their feet was just common earth. But life for them would never be the same again. They surely found a joy in telling the good news. Let me give you another example of one who found his life through service. Many years ago, a fellow in Italy, his name was Francesco Bernardoni, was the son of a wealthy merchant in, in a city in Italy. Carefree, lighthearted, <clears throat> this young man enjoyed the parties and the festivities of an upper-class set of friends. But as the years passed, he found more and more a boredom and a dissatisfaction with his self-centered life. He also thought about all the poor people around him. One time a beggar came to his shop and asked him for something in the name of God. And after he had chased that man away, Francisco realized that he would have given him something if he had asked for it in the name of the baron. So he ran down the street after the man trying to find him. <clears throat> One day in the year 1206, while he was praying in a chapel, Francesco felt that Christ spoke directly to his heart. He felt that Christ told him that he had accepted him. He didn't have to work anymore in order to find favor with God. Growing out of this conviction, Francesco made a commitment to give his whole life to Christ in his response of gratitude. He went home and told his father he was selling all his belongings to be an apostle to the poor. Well, his father was angry at this news, and so he disinherited his son in a public ceremony. Francisco left his own city in abject poverty, wearing a cloak which had been given to him by a gardener. And for the next two years, he stayed alive by begging and sleeping out in the open. And then in the year 1209, Francesco came to believe that the words of Jesus were a direct commission to him when he said, Freely you have received, freely give. So gathering a group of followers about him, Francesco began living out that commission. Those who followed him went out in groups of two, singing, preaching, distributing food and clothing to the needy in city squares, marketplaces, and the countryside. Today we know of this man, Francesco, by a shorter name, Francis, and also by the native city of his, Assisi. Francis of Assisi and his followers, the Franciscans, found true happiness in following God and being servants to other people in losing their lives in unselfish service. 
So I think the best answer I know to the Christmas blahs is this. Try giving yourself away. <clears throat> Perhaps this is what Francis was trying to do and trying to say when he prayed, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. <coughs> and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. In the novel by Albert Camus, entitled The Fall, an established, well-to-do French lawyer has his world totally under control until he hears <coughs> a dying woman's cry one night, and he turned away. She was drowning in the water. Years later, in an Amsterdam bar at the end of his rope, he says to himself, please tell me, what happened to you on the river Seine that night and how you managed never to risk your life. You yourself uttered the words that for years have never ceased echoing through my nights and that I shall at last say through your mouth, Oh, young woman, throw yourself into the water again so that I may a second time have the chance of saving both of us. Are you facing anxiety, depression, lack of the Christmas spirit, the Christmas blahs during these days? There is a cure for this malady, but it is not in sitting back and pining over how woeful your situation is, true though that may be. The answer is to get busy in service to other people. It does not require a lot of money to do this, it may involve taking a small gift to someone who least expects one from you. Or it may be only a phone call to wish a person a happy birthday. What happened to those shepherds after they had heard and seen the wonderful events of Jesus' birth? Did they sit down and work up a good case of the blahs? Oh no. The scripture says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And so it can be with us during this season as we discover once again the joy that comes as Christ is born again in our hearts during this and every Christmas season. How? By giving ourselves away. Lord, give us an opportunity, we 